you say that you consider alliteration? Passionate pastime. Ah, oh, that's interesting because that's only two iterations of it. Does does alliteration I am a recommend? hardcore three iterations is this for a alliteration. Is this a thing? This is a thing. Is this like This the is an Oxford argument comma? I have with people. No, because the Oxford comma is actually a rule and oh, people who don't like thing. the Oxford comma are actually just bad. Rhyme or free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry, a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabblings with poetry between 2004 and 2008 when I was in high school. Each week we hear a selection read aloud for what may be the first time, and we'll examine it for its historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking, why in the world did I write this? I'm Aaron, and I'm dragging my dear friend Dave with me on this journey into my old private journal. Dave, as always, just sorry in advance. You're welcome. I recognize that, you know, you needed somebody to travel down this lonesome road with you, and I didn't want to make your wife deal with that. You know, that's fair. So, let's dive in. For this episode, I thought we would try and tackle two poems on one episode. Why would you do this to me? Because they're both so similar. <laughs> they were both written on the same day, so... <laughs> okay. Here's how I think we'll structure this. I will read the first poem, we'll get a general reaction, then we'll dive into the longer second poem so our first so quick poem, question yes. which is the better poem oh gosh um there is no better there is only different okay there's only different <laughs> <laughs> neither of these poems come with titles oh gosh aaron they are poem of eleven thirty oh five and poem <sighs> two of eleven thirty oh five <laughs> I thought it was time. Like, I thought it was a time stamp <laughs> that you put into your poetry. Just like, I wrote this one at 11.30.05. It literally took you a second to write this poem. I believe it. I understand um, now. I wouldn't put it past me, though. Okay. Poem 1 of 11.30.05. If I were able to put in words how much I love you, the love would not be strong enough. That's called a sentence. No, it's called a monostitch. What? No. What? A monostitch. Is, I disagree. It's a single verse poem. So not a poem. Well, I don't know. Although now I'm second guessing whether I'm, it's a monostitch or not. It might actually be two lines. Maybe it's a two verse poem. Oh my gosh. The, the amount of effort we're putting into this sentence is interesting to me. Poem, Dave. Poem. You gotta sentence. Suspend disbelief. Spell. I can do that for the Star Wars prequels. I cannot do that for your poetry, bud. Hmm. I mean, I'm trying to make sense of that 
phrase. The yeah. love would not be strong enough. So no. like your words are more powerful than the gift of love. I think I missed the mark here on what I was trying to say. If I was able to put in words how much I love you, the love would not be strong enough. Uh, yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, I'm not quite getting, like, I, I think I know what you mean, like what you're trying to get to, but it, it really sounds like if I were trying to describe how much I love you, then you would know that I don't love you that much. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It's a little confusing. I think I flipped it. I think the the idea is my love it is too strong to be summarized with words. I think is the the idea that I was attempting to portray in this mono stitch sentence. <laughs> so moving on to poem number two. Oh. <laughs> Poem 2 of 11.30.05. Oh, okay. Life without you would be a life without love. <laughs> Is that it? No. Are you done? <laughs> no. Is it a, a Lilo and Stitch again? Oh, I wish it was. Okay. <laughs> I try to. Life without you would be a life without love. In my dreams you haunt me, in life you torture me. Not being able to hold you, to call you mine. Days last for 24 hours, my love for you is eternal. Sun, moon, and stars combined do not shine as bright as my love. Always, every waking hour, I think about you. You are the only one I want. <laughs> Sorry. You are the... <laughs> well, Aaron, right back at you, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah, this isn't about you. <laughs> I kind of assumed as much. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't know each other in 05, Dave. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Aaron. So, like, I'm just wondering, do you enjoy being made fun of? Because, like, you, you pitched this to me as, let's talk about my poetry. It's bad poetry. And I had no idea. I think that sums up this podcast in a nice sentence. Hey, I often try and defend your poetry. I look for the pearl amongst the poop. That's not a phrase. That's not a phrase. <laughs> What, what, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I, 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 you've talked to me too much. I'm the one who butchers phrases, Dave. Diamond in the rough. That's Diamond a phrase. Yep. Oh, no, buddy. That's fair. Okay, so no. we have ourselves the mono stitch. Lilo and stitch. Yep. Yep. Kicking off the theme of, of how undescribable my love truly is for this individual. But I think that that theme carries over into poem two with this line, sun, moon, and stars combined do not shine as bright as my love. Right. Dag. Days last for 24 hours. My love for you is eternal. Uh, uh, Aaron, how long did your love for this lady last? 
Oh gosh. Um, on and off of media, <laughs> maybe like two years. I mean, I crushed hard, but I mean, it. Yeah. It, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it, it's uh, eternal means a little bit longer than on and off for a couple of years. I could be wrong about that. I'm not a linguist. Oh, wait, I kind of am. Yeah, this, um, oh, I thought I had something else there. Oh, you know what this, the second poem reminded me of? And I don't think the books were out yet, but this is, this is giving me hardcore, like Edward vibes from Twilight. <laughs> Oh, wow. Um, I believe that that is the best burn so far on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's the, it's the eternalness of it, the torture, because like her Mm -hmm. her smell is torturous to him. I mean, it's a stupid story, but it's that thing. You know way too much about Twilight, buddy. Hey, I read the first three because... Uh, I liked a girl who liked those books. <laughs> <laughs> Different girl, by the way. Clearly not eternal. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah, shoot. Uh, poem number two. The first L is capitalized and italicized, and it looks bolded. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Well, so when I retyped these, and I think you'll notice even in in poem one, the word words and the word love are capitalized, Mm -hmm. though they do not start the sentence. Um, I think I was trying to do like an E.E. Cummings type thing where I only capitalized important words or letters. Sure. Because we did our poetry units um sophomore year so i would have been <laughs> cued in on ee e. cummings and probably wanted to bring that influence why are you laughing dave i'm just i'm just laughing at the fact that this poetry on some level you believe to be inspired by the great ee e. cummings <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean really it sounds a little bit like in the first poem, I talk about words, and maybe I was inspired by that great play, Hamlet, by my fellow colleague who also writes poetry, William Shakespeare. As the Prince of Denmark said, words, words, words. <laughs> no, Aaron. No. Bad, Aaron. Bad. Okay. If I had a newspaper, I would slap my camera. <laughs> I, I see where you're coming from. As, yep. 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 <laughs> By no means am I uh, comparing this to the great E.E. E. Cummings. Um, but yeah, the, the that's that's my one explanation as to this um, um. tendency to capitalize. And uh, looking back, the journal entry itself does not emphasize the first letter. So I think this is a this is a typed edition. Um, so perhaps the E. E. Cummings influence was actually, in fact, later than when the poems originally originated uh, came about. Whatever. 
<laughs> when you wrote them. When I wrote them. So, okay. Clearly, I my writing style was in a rut. Um, mm-hmm. I was uh, stuck on a, a singular subject. What can we pull from these two, Dave? What's... Um... What can we learn from these? I mean, what love is not. That's that's a reasonable idea. Yeah. How we define love before we know what love is. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how as a teenager, when we talked about love, it was always about romantic relationships. And like now as as a father, as someone who now understands the fact that my parents love me, mm. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's kind of a strange thing to think about the just that first line life without you would, would be a life without love. Ah, but you've got the love of your friends. You've got the love of your family. I mean, I have a dog that is super annoying, but I love him more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of love. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a great point. I think in high school, in our in our mind's eye, we have this, these like pedestals of like this is the the place where I will eventually put my my true love, my soulmate will find this spot in my heart. And once that we think we filled it, it's hard when that image comes crashing down. Um, right. Yeah. The concept of one true love itself is the great myth well and just to clarify myth doesn't mean lie or whatever myth is a useful story and even sometimes a story that is true but in this case i would definitely say it's a myth in the other ways that in the ways that people often talk about myth that it's a story that we kind of made up to to try and make sense of the world around us. So, For all of our uh, Greek poetry fans, we would call it an etiological story, a story of origin or of meaning. I got nothing on that. You got nothing on etiology? No. Come on! No, no. Okay, so if we have like... Um, yes. If, if we have the monomyth of the hero's journey, uh, mm-hmm. um, which I think being a podcast i think we're obligated at some point to cite that anyway so right so check that box um the monomyth of of the hero's journey what would you say is one of the like classic monomyths of love maybe it is a greek a theological story did i say it right dear listeners i taught aaron something today yeah you did Hmm. Ooh, to take it back to Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet is a play about two teenagers who don't understand what love is yet, and it works out terribly for them. And they die. They they die because yeah. they're dumb. They're dumb. Spoiler teenagers. alert, Aaron. Sorry. It came out like three hundred and fifty years ago or something. I don't know. People may not have read it yet. I think it's longer than that. Shakespeare was a contemporary of Luther, wasn't he? You could be right. I don't know things. Hmm. I'll research yeah. it and then cut this if it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, star-crossed lovers. 
I can see my high school self grasping at that kind of celestial um, mm-hmm. tendency within poetry to to evoke the sun and moon and stars. I think that, yeah. that's very um, not a cheap way, but that's a maybe like a it's shorthand. It's shorthand. Yeah, it's a, it's the kid trying to write poetically, and what sounds poetic? Oh, the the celestial orbs. Yeah. Although to be fair, it can be done really well. Oh, very like, much. I, so. I I remember yeah. I read a couple of books to my son where like the the point is your family loves you to the moon and back or whatever. Mm, I have that. And book. every That's a good one. yeah, of course. Every time I read that, like I I tear up a little bit because it's mm-hmm. just it's a beautiful metaphor. It can also be used poorly. Yeah, that stated that... by you know a high schooler. Well, yeah, <laughs> we can't all be the father rabbit in that story. Oh, right. It's such a beautiful story. It's so good. Oh my yeah. gosh. But I th- I think you're right. I mean, the reason it is a poetic trope is because it can be done extremely well. Right. Okay, so for this one, you get a twofer. Good or garbage, Dave? So this entire time we've been recording, and listeners, uh, for these 20-minute episodes, it usually takes us about six and a half hours to record to find any decent, usable audio. Uh, I'm thinking that the titles of these poems give us a hint into where they belong. Poem number one and poem number two. Is it a number one or is it a number two? And that I agree with. Okay. (laughs) We will, we will end our, uh, our podcast as we always do with the words of a true poet um this one is a classic uh that i think does a better job at scratching that itch of how to answer that question of what is love um so this is a selection from how do i love thee sonnet 43 by elizabeth barrett browning how do i love thee let me count the ways i love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach when feeling out of sight thank you for joining us this week on uh my bad poetry now go and write your own terrible poetry yeah the bar is not not too high here yeah Wait, it really are isn't to get, like are you trying to get under the bar or over the bar in this situation i think you're trying to like are we talking high jump or limbo is that what you're saying yeah I feel like we're doing high jump, but with a limbo bar. Rhyme free does matter. It's my bad. It's poetry.